What's going on, everybody? Episode four of To His Glory podcast. This is your host, Lex, and thank you. Uh, thanks for hanging out with me. It's been pretty cool. I've actually been checking out the analytics of this podcast, and there's not much to kind of you know go off of that, but I have seen some consistency of people just uh, checking in and tuning in. And for that, for those that are paying attention, I do appreciate your support. I'm hoping that it's been, I don't know, giving you value. Uh, driving you closer to the Lord, you know, making you think differently, having a different perspective of some stuff. And, you know, that's my hope. My hope here is to serve. My hope here is to encourage, to, again, glorify glorify God, taking everything we see, everything in the culture, everything, and glorifying God in it. So thank you again. And uh, I just want to say, if you've been kind of, you know, checking me out and everything like that, I would love to reach more people. And by that, I'm going to need your help. And so if you are one of the five that have been checking out this podcast and, um, you know, as I develop it and grow it and come up with new ideas for it in the direction and vision of To His Glory, your help would be by just simply following this podcast wherever you're listening to it. Um, typically, uh, I've been seeing that you're either on Spotify or Apple Podcasts. So great. Awesome. If you can f- hit the follow button on Spotify with a bell. I don't know much about Apple Podcasts, but wherever you're supposed to subscribe uh, to the podcast and get notifications for it, if this brings you value, I would appreciate you doing that for me. And if you're new here, I'd like to earn it. Please wait to the end. If this brings you value, if you believe that this could help someone else with a new perspective, then I would love to earn your your like, your follow, and then your share at the end. All right, guys, today, um, today this is about uh, the, the religion of woke, okay? Now, a lot of articles are out there already, and I don't want to beat on a dead horse, but again, I just want to take what we are clearly seeing taking place in our country, what uh, what the culture has been shifted to, and obviously submit that to the obedience of Christ and and his word. And so I want to dive into it. But, you know, the woke that dominates the culture has grown loud in voice and action. Now, if you're living under a rock, then it might seem as though you haven't noticed the noise that the woke has made. But given the chance that maybe you are fully functioning in a part of this world, then what the woke is and is about is not news to you. And given such high political climate times, uh, you are either on one side or the other with this ideology. And regardless, I have come to the conclusion that wokeism, to me, and this is my opinion, is nothing more than just a new religion of sorts. And personally, I I would call it a cult, uh, but this is on a major scale. All right, we are witnessing something um, being birth that has probably it's probably bigger than anything that has been birthed in our history. All right, and we tend to do this though. Seems like um, when I look at history, when I was doing some research on cults and everything like that, not a lot of research, but enough to just kind of brush upon it and just you know uh, rely on my memory. It seems like we do this stuff. It's almost like human beings are hardwired to worship something. All right. And whether that is the true God or the counterfeits that is presented to us in this world doesn't matter. All right. Uh, We worship something somehow. But what I want to do is obviously I want to dive into kind of like the wokeism of everything. Uh, Everything about wokeism to me is literally like a religion. Seriously. It's all the same thing. Their passion, their zeal, 
their mission, how they go about it, how they bring members, you know, who the voices are within this type of quote unquote religion, right? It all kind of has a resemblance of organized religion in and of itself. Now, these people would definitely not call themselves a new religion, and most cults that have been birthed out in the beginning have always said they were not a religion. They were some sort of philosophical movement. They were a freedom this. They were they were always something, and then eventually we've labeled them as religions, and some of them accept that to, to this day, okay? So whatever they're going to say, they're not going to say it's, it's, the, it's a religion, but we know as believers or as someone who who is waking up to the truth of things and you're seeking out truth and maybe you just stumbled upon this podcast and you're trying to figure out what is the truth. My hope and prayer is that uh, the gospel is revealed to you. Um, I don't do a lot of preaching here because I am not a pastor. I, I just, I talk about a lot of things in the culture um, and a lot of things in politics and I get involved with that stuff. Okay. Um, if you're looking for uh, God's truth, truly preach, you better find a biblical church that preaches expositorily um, I would avoid charismatic stuff, but that's just me. Uh, but nevertheless, get into a biblical church preaching the gospel the way it is supposed to preach as it is written. Um, don't get lost in prosperity stuff. Uh, that's a whole nother thing for another day. Anyway, uh, what is their command essentially though? What is the, the woke command and what is their mission? You know, like how Jesus has told us to go out and make disciples of the nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. He calls us out to, uh, you know, preach and and, and plant churches and, and make disciples. Well, what is the woke's mission? Well, what they have, they don't have disciples. I mean, they are disciples in, in the definition of the term, but what they have is social justice warriors. And what what is their purpose? I mean, I mean, you probably already know this racial equality, right? Gender equality. You know, uh, they go about uh, with with viewpoints that stem from critical theory, intersectionality. And all this is on the foundation of Marxism, where pretty much at the end of the day, there's an oppressor and then there's the oppressed. And then the oppressed is supposed to rise up and bring down the oppressor. And that's kind of like the idea of their whole viewpoint, okay? But in this time, in our current history, it's really a little different, all right? We, we are a little bit more on the cultural Marxist revolution where, again, it's based on the culture, it's based on race, it's based on uh, your economic status. And the original sin, that woke-ism, uh, is kind of coming uh, against is whiteness, right? Or being born white, racism, all right? That's that's the original sin, the sin of, of the slavery that has happened and, in, in, you know, from our ancestors in, in, in decades past. And that is what everyone is guilty of inheritedly, right? That is the whole point. And then their current sin, the current sin that they are seeking to eradicate and fight is what we've heard as white privilege, um, the fact that you have an unknown racism, even though if you, you don't consider yourself racist, but you're white, you have a privilege that comes with that, and you are unconsciously practicing racism. So either way, uh, you're racist. And then every institution in this country, the very buildings are an establishment of racism and that that's what makes it systemic and it is all out to get them 
It's out. It's all out to attack them. But it's not just race now either. You got the the women's movement where it is just an attack on the patriarchy structure, right? The way God has set it up. The the father being the head of the household, the mother, um, you know, and that's chain of command. Then the children, uh, and they want to disrupt that. They want to come against that, and that has raised up another sect of people that have this social justice kind of spirit to to attack that very thing right but again this is all government this is all standards of what god has laid out in the scriptures and pretty much how the western society was born all that we practice here in western society is based on judeo-christian values these are all based on biblical values that we've adopted here in america which is the only way we truly could have been free in our country okay but Nevertheless, the point I'm trying to get here is obviously you can kind of see that, man, there's some some uh, religious tendencies here. Right now, with all religion, there's always some sort of resolution or some sort of atonement that is supposed to be achieved. Right. You're supposed to be enlightened. You're supposed to become a better person. You're supposed to reject the old order of things that has brought this problem in the first place and you are then working towards this other thing that is supposed to make you better and more moral and righteous and whatever the case may be atonement uh and, and that's and for us as christians we know that as we you know we sin the idea here is very natural what must i do because of it right because guess what good believers they want to make things right it's just natural for us to want to do that, all right? We, we we know that when we come to the awareness of ourselves and we recognize the wickedness that we have done, the, the failures, the shortcomings, our thing within our own innate self is to make it right and do better. So the way to pay for our sins is what? How do we do that? It's It's sacrifice. That's really what it is. We have to sacrifice something. We have to sacrifice our old way of living, our old way of thinking, our old friends, our you know the the people that brought us down to this level, right? Like if you're a drug addict and you've hurt a lot of people in your addiction, you come to the conclusion that you are an addict. You seek help. You find help. You you battle this addiction, then you start to sacrifice certain things in your life that you know could be triggers to bringing you down to that same path that you just escaped from, right? Old friends that are all about that life, you, you got to let them go. Obviously, you got to cut off certain things that will trigger um, the idea of being able to relapse, right? Or don't go down this certain street because you know that there's this dude on that corner and he's always got the hookup and all of a sudden this time he might run a special and you're, you you know, you got the money for it. I'm, I'm just saying like you, you're sacrificing, you're making adjustments, you are working to be better, right? But in wokeism, the question is, who's sacrifice? All right? And guess what? It's not yours, all right? Now, if you get with the program, it's not yours. So how does it look? How does wokeism's sacrifice of atonement work in their religion? Well, enter in cancel culture. And cancel culture seeks to go after those that are the oppressors, right? The racist, the ones with white privilege, the ones uh, that are male, white, straight male, or any male that, um, that basically anyone that opposes this, anyone that critiques this movement, 
They are the ones that need to be sacrificed in order to redo everything, bring down the uh, the old order, and establish the new revolutionary way. It's not your sacrifice. You're not going to take personal responsibility if you're woke. Everyone else needs to take personal responsibility. And what you do to them is just... Uh, a way of being anti-racist. It's the work. It's the work that you have to do. It's the penitence that you must put forth for the way that you recognize your own racism. And then, obviously, you have to bring it out for them. So that, that's where cancel culture comes from. And, man, have they done an amazing job. I mean, they they have ruined a lot of things and have destroyed a lot of careers. And that's their whole point. You know, that it, they may not want to... They may not be able to murder you, at least not yet, but... Their whole thing is, if they can make you lose your job, if they can destroy your social status, and then they can continuously do performative wokeness, then the, the, the more they do, the more work they do, the more they're in right standing with the movement. But it's always based on the sacrifice of others. Sure, those heretics might not get killed, like I said. But hey, losing their career, being doxxed, and publicly shamed is quite enough for them and that is the work that these social justice warriors are on the path with but here's my thing guys with all of this being said and done it may also seem like this is a very noble cause you know like they're out there and you know they've recognized the woes of this country and what they do is they take a little grain of truth about things and then create a narrative and then start to blame a group of people for it it's not just the white people right It's the cops now. You got a few bad apples, and before you know it, the entire system, every cop is a racist, uh, power-hungry person, and they're out to hunt you. If you're black, if you're brown, you're being hunted, okay? And that means they have to destroy the order of the police. This is why Defund the Police was born, and it wasn't even for some far leftists, like the Black Lives Matter, they didn't want to defund the police. They literally wanted to get rid of them. No police whatsoever. None. Alright, so this is, this is uh, it's taking its toll. Cancel culture, I mean, their very purpose is literally in their name. They're cancel culture. So they have to cancel something constantly in order to stay alive. Eventually, they're going to cancel themselves. You know, they eat their own. I mean, there's not going to be enough people to bring down and to shame and to help fill in that self-righteous ideology. I mean, that is that is their purpose um, at, at the end of the day. And it seems good. You know, you get emotional. You get worked up when the media spits out propaganda and you begin to see uh, different headlines that evoke emotion. And typically, the, the ones that are more emotional, and I'll be honest, as a Puerto Rican guy, Latinos and black people, we are emotional people. We get triggered by certain phrases. And we sometimes, because we connected to some sort of experience in our past or a story of someone close to us who had an experience of our in their past, we connect to that and we honestly feel their pain. And therefore, all we need to see is certain photos taken out of context, certain certain videos being taken out of context, uh, certain headlines and certain wording, and it's enough for us to get triggered. And boom, we, we don't even take a second look. I mean, I can't tell you how many people would post certain articles that apparently was supposed to defend their reasoning and arguments, but I realized they wouldn't even read the article. It'd just be literally the headlines and the photo, and that was it. And that's what got them riled up. 
And then I would read it and then, and then just kind of come back and realize, hey, um, you should probably read this article because uh, the, uh, based on your post, I can tell you didn't. But then what happens in this culture? The culture of our feelings, right? You can't deny my feelings. My feelings are mine. And you can't take that away from me. And that is, I mean, that's literally been our downfall. Because now there is no truth. Everything's all subjective. And you can't question that. And so now we have a divide in our culture, in our culture where we're not listening to one another. And the funny thing is we're all being played. You may have a viewpoint, I may have a viewpoint, but there was a time in our country where we could just agree to disagree because you know you're not going to change anyone's mind, not really, all right? You're just not. You can have a, a great debate and viewpoint and other people on the outside can hear these debates and then formulate their own opinion, but the person you're arguing with typically is not going to change their mind. That has to be an act of God most of the time, in my opinion, okay? But anyway, I digress. Here's the thing with this religion, guys. It sounds good. You know, looks good, looks looks like it's a, a purveyor of justice, but in reality, there is no forgiveness here. There's no forgiveness in this religion. Because if you don't work hard enough, if you're not loud enough, if you don't dox people enough, if you if you just don't constantly and then here's another thing. You have to realize this. You are a racist deep down. And your whole thing is that you have to work against racism. But that you can never truly work against it because if you're, especially if you're white, if you're a, a straight male, you're heterosexual, it's always going to be innate. And so reality is you're never going to defeat this. You're always going to be this, but you still have to work this as a, as a way of penitence. This is a religion based by works. It's, that's really what it is. Works. And you'll never escape it. And it's it, it will entrap you. And it's no different. Than any other thing that we always serve, right? This idolatry of us having to find something of higher purpose in order for us to feel fulfilled and and you know feel like we're something for a reason here on this earth. All these things are just they're idols, and they don't serve you. They don't please you. They don't suffice. There's still that emptiness in you, and you'll never be enough. You, you can never work hard enough. To really accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. This is a religion without forgiveness. And with that, I want to get into the second part of this podcast. How is Christianity different? I came from the mud. dirt on my hands. Strong like a tree. So how is Christianity different, right? What what does it um, provide against this ideology of wokeism? Well, we I mean, if you've already kind of can tell and you've been, you know, eyes and ears on the ground, you can see that this thing is the antithesis of Christianity. It is the opposite. It is pretty much against it. It fights against it because everything that the Bible teaches and is for is what they are completely against. Okay, so. This is in. This is not some sort of um, social justice thing. It has nothing to do with race. Has nothing to do with culture. Has nothing to do with cultural appropriation. I mean, that's what they're saying, and that's what they believe. But deep down, I can see it for what it really is. And this is by the grace of God. I honestly believe this is a spiritual warfare. This is something deeper. All right, and we are in the midst of it right now. 
And this is why this is so important. Because we have to take every thought captive, every opinion, every lofty argument, everything. We have to take it captive. We have to submit it to the obedience of Christ because he, he is he's the Lord. He is the authority. He is the King of Kings. And that's the problem with our nation and with all nations. We have forgotten who God is and we've turned our back on him. But what is the difference, obviously, when it comes down to the woke religion and, and us and us believers with faith in Christ? Here's the thing. There is original sin with us as believers. It happened in the Garden of Eden, right? We have a serpent that lied to Eve. Eve understanding that this was in a, a rebellion, a transgression against what God decreed. And the serpent taking bits and pieces of that truth and manipulating it. And feeding into a desire in humans that was not there before the serpent lied and deceived. And what was the lie, really, is just to have the equality with God, to the know of all. I mean, there were literally two trees in the garden. There was the tree of life, and then there was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. You know, if, if, you, if you're talking to me now, right, as a fallen sinner, and you give me two options today as a Christian and I, you know, as a believer, you say there's a tree of knowledge and good and evil, and there's a tree of life. What would you choose? I think at this point, I think I know I'm going to choose the tree of life because I have the knowledge of, of good and evil. And guess what? My knowledge is that I am really evil. I am depraved and wicked and I've fallen short of the grace of God. And I need grace. I need help. I'm sick and I, I am selfish and I'm prideful. And my desire is the pride of life, the lust of the, you know, the, the lust of the eyes and the flesh and everything to desire and gratify me and my viewpoints and my way of thinking. So, that knowledge has also brought death and destruction. Look around, you guys. They chose, and their choice has led us to where we are today. And we go through this very viciously. All right? Human beings, we do this. Just look at history. Pay attention. It is obvious how sin brings us down to this place. And sometimes I just don't see how people can't see it. But then again, that's sin. Sin blinds us. So our original sin has then passed on to the generations, right? Because in one man, one man sins, and therefore all men have sinned. In Adam, all men have sinned. And most people would have argued that today. Most people would be like, why am I held accountable for what Adam did in the very beginning, which is, I mean, I have nothing to do with. That was most people's arguments, I mean, not even a few years ago. And here we are today with wokeism, who is blaming and um all the sins of the ancestors on white people and whiteness and white uh, privilege. And now you are inherently racist. You are guilty and you therefore bear the guilt. And then these guys, these people are saying, hey, I didn't never, own, I've never owned a slave. I've never been a racist. I've never this, this and that. And then the denial of that has then all of a sudden shifted where, see, your denial means that you are racist and you are denying it and you're not helping. And then if you stood silent, then they had a slogan on a, on a billboard saying silence is violence. I mean, you were never going to win. But the original sin in their world means that you're still guilty today and you had never, never had anything to do with something like that like never doesn't matter but to them you're guilty of the original sin and then the current sin like i said is that you have a white privilege that you either are unaware of or are aware of but nevertheless that is your sin right now and you need to work against it so and then again, again like i said cancer culture was born and everything but as believers we understand that 
all have fallen short of the glory of God. And then the Bible teaches us in the Old Testament, reiterated in the New Testament by Paul, that no one does good on this earth. No one seeks God. No one is righteous. All have fallen because we all seek to serve ourselves. We seek to gratify our needs. We create idols out of anything and everything and anyone. So we need grace. So what do we do? Do we have to work as much as the woke works? Is that how it's supposed to be done? Is that how we gain penitence? We have to just do better, you know, whip ourselves in the back, make sure that, you know, for every sin that we can count today, we have to make sure it's marked on our back so that way we can show the world we're working on it. That's not how Christ has has come into this world to give us forgiveness. And here's an example. I want to read a passage from uh, John chapter 8. All right, I'm going to go grab my Bible. So you're going to hear some uh, page flippings because I love to read it uh, legit from paper. So bear with me. All right. Okay, so here we go. John chapter 8. They went each to his house. All right, real simple. They went each to his house, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. Early in the morning, he came again to the temple. All the people came to him as he sat down and taught them, right? So Jesus is obviously doing his ministry. He's teaching them. And then verse 3 says, The scribes and the Pharisees brought a woman who had been caught in adultery. And placing her in the midst, they said to him, Teacher, this woman has been caught in the act of adultery. Now, in the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women. So what do you say? Verse 6 this they said to test him, that they might have some charge to bring against him. Jesus bent down and wrote with his fingers on the ground. Everybody always talks about what did Jesus write on the ground. I actually heard an interesting argument on on this with R.C. Sproul. And it's just a guess, and he, didn't, he admitted that, that he might have been writing down all the sins that they were guilty of. But we don't know that, and we'll never know that. And so we should probably stop stressing about it but nevertheless he sat down right and he started writing in the ground and then um he stood up and said to them let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her pause okay so obviously jesus being god knowing all men and the hearts of men and their wickedness is saying something very profound this is a famous quote in the in the Bible. I mean, even atheists will quote this just to defend their arguments in certain positions, right? And here's the thing. You know what's funny about the woke and their attacks, their cancer culture, and who they pinpoint out? Is that a lot of those people who seek to sacrifice you for your sins and your transgressions, whatever they deem that is, because it's always changing, they themselves are the most guilty. I mean, Jimmy Kimmel, for example, who, I mean, if you go back in history and see some of his, um, you know, videos and his and his late night shows, I mean, he said the N-word. He wore a blackface. I mean, he said some things that, according to the left, are unforgivable. And nevertheless, he did it. No fear. And today, he is shunning everyone. And putting everyone down because of their sins and that's not just him that's a lot of people and it's sad right because we want to see these men and women come to the knowledge of god and 
repent and turn their lives to Christ and recognize that there is no there is no skin color there is no and there's not enough works to save us right but look what Jesus says right let him who is without sin among you be the first to throw a stone at her and once more he bent down and wrote on the ground verse 9 but then but when they heard it I should say they went away one by one beginning with the older ones and Jesus was left alone with the woman standing before him. Because at the end of the day, they, under that law, under the Jewish tradition, those that were caught in specific sins were to be stoned. That's what they were trying to trap Jesus with. Uh, and they were trying to condemn this woman who was caught in adultery. But they could not, in good conscience, stand there and say that they were guiltless after Jesus called it out. And that's the case, though. That is the that's the reality for all men and women, no matter how religious they look like they are on the outside. All have fallen. All are sinful. And at least at that time, they had the decency to to recognize that and not even step out of their bounds. Right? They were the most. I mean, they were far from God. They didn't they didn't know who God was. Jesus said that plenty of times. You know, he said that if you knew God, you would know me and you would love me. But you don't love me and don't accept me because you don't know my Father. And these were to the religious ones, the Pharisees, right? But they couldn't they couldn't stand there and say, yeah, I'm without sin, I'm good. That would be just straight out, flat out lies. And so they all went away one by one. But check this out. This is the most important. Verse 10, Jesus stood up and said to her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? She said, no one, Lord. And Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Go, and from now on, sin no more. What do we have better that the woke clearly does not have? We have grace. We have grace. Because in reality, we do deserve to be stoned. We do deserve the penalty of hell. We have rebelled and transgressed against the living God. And we do it to this day. But then comes Jesus, and he does these things. And not only does he do these things, but then he sacrifices himself on the cross for our sins so that we could have forgiveness through the blood of Christ that justifies us and makes us righteous before God. And the only reason why we don't love God now and hate him is because our unrighteousness suppresses it and we don't want the righteousness of God. But Jesus makes all things new. He gave her grace. He didn't stone her. This was the Jewish law in in that time to stone her he gave her grace which the woke cannot do but here's another important thing he didn't just give her grace he told her then to sin no more meaning he held her accountable she was guilty of sin she was guilty of adultery and he and he admitted to that and he called it out to her specifically and he commanded her to sin no more but he forgave her and gave her grace. The woke can't do that. The left does not do that. Antifa does not do that. Black Lives Matter does not do that. You have to work and sacrifice others and continue that work forever. We understand that there's nothing we can do. We can't earn heaven. We can't earn grace. Our sins are ever before us. But Jesus took that upon his back on the cross and because of that, we can be made right with God as long as we believe in him 
and confess him as Lord and Savior. Because there's no, there's nothing else we can do. And you might say, I don't need him. But you do. You just do. Because you may not be a part of the woke, but you you might have other things that you're, you're worshiping and serving and you don't realize it. It could be marijuana. That was my thing for a long time, man. Getting high. That was honestly my thing. You know, it could be chasing after women or men and, and just being promiscuous in your ways. It could be being a workaholic. It could be an alcoholic. It could be... You know, you know, just being a monogamous person that just needs to always be in a relationship. It could be just the the success of anything and everything. You know, your physical fitness. That was another thing of mine too. Physical fitness. That was everything. Like whatever it is that takes the place of God is idle, but it never ever fulfills. It just doesn't fulfill. It leaves that emptiness. It leaves with that realization that it's just never enough. Because there's not enough in all these other things that can truly fulfill a void within us. The knowledge of understanding who God truly is and how he has called us into his light to reject sin, but we love our sin. We're all we're all fallen sinners. That's one thing that the, the left pretty much, I guess, gets, social justice warriors get, that we are guilty, but in Christ we are made free and forgiven. There is neither Jew nor Gentile. There is no Scythian or Barbarian. All are one in Christ. And that's what we've forgotten. Right now we have divided ourselves based on color, based on socioeconomic status, based on intersectionality where you have more victim tallies depending on your status. If you're you know, a, a black woman, transgender, you're the most, right? If you are... You know, if you're white and if you're straight and you're in a kind of like a a cis type of gender, normative, patriarchy, nuclear family structure, you're the oppressor. These things don't make sense to me. They make sense, but they, they're just absurd. They're just wild. But there's no forgiveness there. And so my hope here is that you can see and you can recognize this, that yes, we are sinners. We all fall in short. None of us is perfect. None of us. But in Christ, we do have that forgiveness. And it's him who calls us to sin no more. I mean, that's what he did with her. And Jesus then proves it even further by dying for us on the cross. You can't find that anywhere else, guys. There's nowhere else. No religion has a person who takes a penalty that you rightfully deserve in order to justify the, the father who is both just and the justifier. God cannot pardon sin. God cannot pardon wickedness. But in his love and in his mercy and in his, in his wisdom beyond us, allowed his justice to be satisfied through Christ and his sacrifice on the cross. Fantastic, undeserving, mind-blowing stuff. And I hope that gives you a new perspective. I hope that what we took here in this conversation truly submitted it to his glory because that's my point right that's my point so if this was valuable to you please share this please like this please follow this and until next time keep on living to his glory god bless
If you like what you heard and obviously it's giving you value, please share this, please follow this, please like this. But also, I've added a link into the description of the show notes of this podcast. Look for where the description section is at and click on the voice message link. Leave me a voice message, whether that's a word of encouragement, whether you you got some new perspective, you want to share that, or if you have a question even. And then I would like to actually put that into the third segment of the show that I'm trying to create. So that way I can get some more engagement. All right. So do me that favor. I appreciate it. God bless you. Live to his glory. Thanks.